0: You're listening to the Bold Faced Truth Podcast with Amy Green Smith, episode 467. You can find information on anything referenced in this week's episode at amygreensmith.com slash EP467. there. Check you out, listening to self-help pods and working on yourself. Fuck yeah. Quick question. You know those situations where your boss asks you to take on one more thing or your partner asks what's bothering you and you respond with a bold faced lie? Oops. What would shift for you if you actually started telling the bold faced truth? Everything. Listen, if you struggle with people pleasing, perfectionism, and you could use some help with boundaries or speaking up, you are in the right place. Thank God. I am Amy Green Smith. I'm certified and credentialed life coach, hypnotherapist, and keynote speaker. Fancy! And I've been working in the personal development space since the mid-2000s. Vintage! Sometimes I'll be solo, other times you'll hear from smart folks offering you easy-to-implement tools to help you tell the bold-faced truth.
1: Yes! Yes!
0: Hey, hey, pod people, Amy here, and I'm excited to bring you part two of the two-part confidence series. If you did not catch last week, you definitely will want to. Episode 466 was about seven different confidence hacks, small little baby steps that you can take to really catapult that self-confidence. But this week, I'm going to dial up a buddy of mine, Jane Atkinson, and see if she can talk to us a little bit about confidence, thought work, and dealing with Failure. Oh my gosh. If there's one thing that kind of thwarts your confidence, it's definitely that. So Jane Atkinson is a little bit of a different guest than we've had before on the show. She actually helps speakers catapult their careers from And she's been doing this for more than 30 years. She is the author of multiple books all around the speaking industry. And most recently, she's going to have the Wealthy Speaker 3.0 that will be coming out this fall. She's the founder of the Wealthy Speaker School, which helps speakers build their businesses of their dreams and uh, really is just such an incredible force. But one of the things that I thought was so awesome about working with Jane, I've worked with her personally was how much she focuses on thought work and sort of the internal narrative that's incredibly important when you're building any type of business. So the lessons and the mindset work and things that I was privy to when I worked with her were really, really helpful in building the confidence I needed around speaking. So I wanted to bring her on and see if she could share some of her awesome nuggets of wisdom and specifically a five-step framework around thought work specifically when you are kind of going down a negative self-talk spiral. So I'm going to give her a quick call. Hopefully she's available and can pick up and we'll see what she has to say. But before I do that, I wanted to make sure that you are all aware that uh, registration is open for I'm enough already retreat. (laughs) So the name of the retreat is I'm Enough Already, and as the title implies, we're going to be digging into all things around worthiness, specifically confidence, boundaries, and forgiveness, both for yourself and for other people. And get this, when you enroll, it is all inclusive. So that means our five-day, four-night trip to Puerto Vallarta, Mexico will be included. You will have all of your, obviously your room, your stay, all meals, all alcohol, all mini bar, all room service. That's all included. They have like a pillow menu. They have aromatherapy you can choose from, spas, discounts, all sorts of incredible things. Obviously, the entire program with me, all your materials, and we will be picking you up to and from the airport. So you will have transfers where you won't have to worry at all about transportation. Really, the only thing that you need to worry about is getting your ass there. So you just have to take care of your flight to Puerto Vallarta and Pretty much everything else is handled. I have not done a retreat in five years. I am so excited to do this, but because we are at such a small boutique resort, they only have a very small amount of rooms. This is not like a sprawling property where you, you get lost all the time. It's really beautiful. It's oceanfront. You can swim in the ocean. All of the rooms are gonna be ocean view rooms. Hello, hello. So I would love to meet you in real life if this is pulling at you, if you're feeling like, oh my God, I would love to believe that I'm enough. I want to figure out how the fuck to establish boundaries, how to deal with things that I've been beating myself up about over the past or been blaming somebody else about things that happened in the past. Or you just need some self-confidence already. And a lot of that has to do with believing in your own worthiness, in your own enoughness. So we'll be meeting during the day, and then you'll have lots of free time to kind of explore the resort and hang out in the pools or frequent any of the restaurants. It is going to be a blast. But here's the deal. We are starting to fill up. I only have 10 spots and that's not negotiable. I can't add any more because of this the how tiny the resort is. Oh, I shouldn't say tiny. How exclusive the resort is. <laughs> so, we are already filling up. Do not wait the early bird rates will expire on the 18th. So that means you have until this Thursday, the 17th to get your application in so that you can get the best rates, all of the best bonuses and the longest time frame to pay your installments because we won't be going until May, 2023. So if you jump in now, you get the the longest amount of time to pay it off, which means much smaller increments. amygreensmith.com slash enough. You can read all about it. There's a huge Q&A at the very bottom if you want to find out any any additional information that you're wondering about. Also, if you wanna send me a message through my website, just look for the little bubble and send me either a video, an audio, or a text message, and I will get back to you with any clarity that you might need. But again, it's pretty, pretty robust. It's gorgeous. So go to amygreensmith.com slash enough. All right, let's give Jane a quick jingle and see if we can catch her and see what she can teach us about confidence. Hello. Jane. Hey, what's up? It's Amy. How are you? Hey, Amy. Oh my gosh, you just got me. I was just out in the backyard picking up dog poop. Oh, that is that is something that uh, I have relegated my husband to that task. <laughs> and everyone goes, how did you get out of that? How did you yeah. get out of that? Well, I just
1: think it's the sill- silliest thing that we go around after our dog. Like, hello, is it, shouldn't it be <laughs> the opposite? Come on. <laughs>
0: That's a good point. I never thought about that. That yeah. they they should go and handle it. Although my little one, man, she went through a real rough period where she just ate her own poop. Oh no! Ew, that was. I'm glad we've grown out of that. So don't need to go there. <laughs> anyway, that's not what we're talking about today. No. Please don't. Please don't leave anyone who's listening. Uh, so I'm over here hanging out with the audience, and we've been talking about things related to confidence, and I know that in the time that I've worked with you and the methodologies that you share with your students and your clients, there's a lot around thought work and around mindset and confidence. And so I thought I got to call Jane up. So I'm glad I caught you at a good time. Uh, So I'm curious, what do you think is the distinguishing characteristic or one of many of those folks who are really genuinely confident in themselves versus those who are not?
1: Well, in my world, of course, it's all professional speakers. And so they're going out onto the stage and it's actually not totally easy to see whether someone's confident unless you know them, but it's all in how they show up. Is it like, bam, I'm here? Or is it, you know, can you see some nerves happening and things like that? So let's say you're just sitting around a boardroom table and there's 12 of your coworkers there. The way you show up into that room is really, really important and bringing the confidence with you. So, what that might look like is, Speaking up when it's your turn, speaking loudly and confidently and not ending your sentences on a, on a higher note. So they all sound like questions. Mm-hmm. We really want to be there and be bold with our thoughts and our ideas. And there's really in, in my entire world of professional speaking and people getting paid to speak, there are really only two things that people need in order to, do this profession, number one, is that mindset that they're all in. And that's really where the confidence comes from. They're just all in. And number two is just consistent action, just kind of taking the right actions consistently. And, and whether you have a job and you have a goal inside that job, it's really the same thing. It's your mindset and your consistent action that's going to get you towards that goal.
0: I have a, a colleague of mine who, who has a concept that's really similar to that, that she calls it uh dream plus do. So wow. she's got like the, her name is Lisa Stedman. I should give her some credit there, but it's yes. so cool because it's that concept of my mindset. It's my dreams. It's my manifestations. It's my visualization, yeah. but you can't just do that and hope that everything magically falls into your lap. You know, there has to be some strategy, some doing, some action. Yeah
1: exactly that's so important and you know when it comes to manifesting i have definitely had moments in my life where i just thought i want to and if you go back 30 years my first manifestation was oh i found out there was the world of like motivational speakers i'm like oh cool i want to go work for a speaker And I put it out there and I actually hardly did anything and two weeks later I had my first job working for uh, a professional speaker so there is something to be said for manifesting but I don't think that's where we stop I, I think we dream and then we do just like Lisa says I love that.
0: That's yeah, it's it, it's such a great catch because I think, it, especially you know, I kind of like came of age in the personal development world in the middle mid two thousands, and that was the era of the Secret, and it was like, oh, just oh, yes. think think this stuff into existence. And I yeah. think one of the biggest elements that got missed with that publication was the action piece yes. that you actually have to take some inspired action. Yeah, so. Dream
1: plus do, like that puts it all together. And, and sometimes, like I said, sometimes it can just be dream and it'll happen. And sometimes it's the clarity, I think, of bringing the team to the, the the dream to the forefront. That's kind of like 50 or 75% of the action that needed to be taken was just getting clear.
0: hundred percent. Have you ever seen that meme that floats around Facebook that's like, uh, "I always knew I wanted to be someone, and now I realized I needed to be more specific."
1: <laughs> that's really good because <laughs>
0: it's like, great. sure, we can say I want wealth, or I want this career, or I want this, uh, you know, family, or something like that. But we have to be really crystal clear and definitive about what does that amount. Look like? What does that home look like? You know, and and dial in that order with the universe. But I do love what you're talking about here of uh kind of embodying confidence. And it's reminded me a lot of Amy Cuddy's uh TED Talk on just uh she did a whole series on it, does confidence come from your body, or is your body affected by your confidence? Absolutely. And I really think you can you can go both directions. You can feel like like a badass and it can come out in your body or like an actor, you can embody what you would imagine somebody confident would would look like or how they would carry themselves. Yeah. And um you know, yeah. sometimes
1: I think people think they need confidence to go and do something, but actually what they need, is, and this is from Dan Sullivan's kind of four C's. If you just Google Dan Sullivan four C's, it'll come up. What you actually need in the beginning is the commitment to it. You're going to start to gather the, the, uh, things that you require in order to achieve. Like you're, you're getting, you're learning things that you don't know. But really confidence comes later, like kind of after you have actually done something that you've never done before. And it's amazing how that works. You think you need confidence to start, but you actually just need commitment to it because you'll figure it out along the way. It's basically the message.
0: That's right. And, you know, I've thought about this too with with the way that people perceive confidence is this idea that you just are magically imbued with confidence or you're not. And I, what I don't think people realize is that it's a skill that's honed. Mm-hmm. And really what it's about is contending with fear from a place of courage consistently mm-hmm. over and over and over and over again.
1: It's a muscle. If you're not flexing your muscle kind of all the time, and and you're so right, like don't we all lapse into fear I'm kind of going through a little bit of a uh, I don't know if it's all of the things that are going on around me and I'm in like a little bit of a shedding moment in my life where I'm kind of quitting that and quitting that and quitting that and I'm just like really focusing on exactly just the things that I want to do and fear can come into play when I see the news and it's, Oh, recession and inflation and all of my mortgages have gone up and da, 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 da. Mm-hmm. And it's, and I can feel it weighing down on me. So I have to be really careful that I'm confident that I'm like flexing my confidence muscle on the regular um or else i'm not going to show up in the right way to anything that i'm doing in my life that's right you know when you're taking action which we've agreed is something that's important to do you have to be taking action from not doubt but from something that at least vibes of confidence right
0: well i think something that you're dancing around here too that i think is really worth emphasizing is the impact of what we allow into our system, into our mental system of like, if you know that that is a massive trigger for you, then let's do what we can do to stay away from that. In fact, I had a similar situation where I would listen to the news every morning, I would listen to NPR politics, I would, and I would get so worked up just by myself in my house and my dogs are like, (laughs) calm down, bitch, you know? And so- Okay. I, I realized I'm so much happier just cutting that shit out. If I
1: could share my screen with you right now, there is a post that I haven't hit post on, but it says something about taking a news sabbatical. Yeah. Like I'm ready to do it because I recognized, even though I really enjoy my morning routine and my morning routine was news and maybe a morning talk show ho that talked about what was right. in politics and in the news it's not good for me. I had to get it out of my psyche because I found myself yelling at the TV all the time. And I just asked this question out on Facebook, does anybody ever have to hold their tongue on posting about politics? And everybody was like, "Uh uh-huh, every day, yes, yes, yes. And so I realized that it was time for me to take a news sabbatical just because You know, once the midterms are over or, or, um, you know, some of the politics are behind us, I cannot be in it every single day.
0: No way. Absolutely. And, you know, this is is a very nuanced piece that we're talking about, but this could be also... Uh, folks in your life who I'm sure you've had students like this, who they want to pursue a speaking career. And then everyone in their life is like, what are you doing? Why are you leaving your stable job? So sometimes that's the clutter that we have to clear out is the weight of other people's opinions or folks who aren't supporting the things that you want to go after.
1: I got certified in a particular type of mindset coaching.
0: At the beginning
1: of COVID, I spent $18,000 on this coaching. And on the day I got certified, I sat down with two of my, you know, kind of best friends slash neighbors from the neighborhood and we were having a drink and I was so excited and I told them all about it. And they said one thing that burst my bubble, that was it. And that was the last time I've ever spoken to them about my work.
0: Yeah. I'm like...
1: You're not going to be a part of this conversation with me because A, you don't get it. And B, um, I just don't need people in my life who are going to shoot holes in the things that I'm excited about.
0: That's right. And I think when we're talking about something like this, when you're making a brand new decision or you've just stood up for yourself in a way that's maybe different than what's been happening in your family and you're, you're... feeling a bit fragile in that sense, like you're not anchored in your confidence, I love to say, speak your truth into ears that can hear you because not all ears can hear you. And you want that, right? We want the neighbor, these friends, we, we're rooting for them to be what we need. We're always rooting for them. But if you're in that place where your confidence is a little shaky, be very vigilant about which counsel you seek, <laughs> you know, because you're on shaky ground a bit. Yeah, you really, um, okay, so what
1: can I do to build my confidence today? I can stop listening to the news. I can watch, stop watching the morning shows. I can start to put in to my psyche all of the things that I need to go next to where I want to go. And uh, I, in this shedding program that I've been doing, it's been feeling really good. So my husband's getting ready to retire. Well, he's kind of in this kind of semi-retired state. So he let two of his employees go, and um, not unexpectedly, everybody was kind of waiting for it to happen. And so this retirement conversation has been going on and around around my world. And so I'm like, hmm, I kind of want to get rid of some stuff too. So I've started to downsize. Huge thing I just did, Amy. Um, We used to have a fulfillment house and we shipped all of our own books. I'm getting out of the book shipping business and I'm handing over to Amazon. And I'm just like, like in this kind of streamlined mode and I'll tell you what, it's going to be very specific things that get to stay, but yeah. it's like I've thrown everything out and I'm auditioning all of the expenses and the things in my life that, you know, if they're not a massive value to me, they
0: are going <laughs> absolutely. I love that, and that that is actually a piece of manifestation that we don't talk about em- enough, which is clearing out the bullshit that's arresting you or that's you know in in your way. And I do want to make one small caveat too. I know that it's it comes from an immense place of privilege for us to be able to say I'm going to shut down the news, right? Like yes. what, what I'm saying is I'm not saying put your head in the sand and be uninformed. I'm just saying. If all you're going to do is spin your wheels and get pissed and not donate and not volunteer your time or not get into action, then that's a waste of your energetic field. Like, put it where where you need it to go. So I just wanted to kind of throw that out there.
1: It's also a, a great, I'm coming from a place of great privilege where I can afford to make the choices that I'm making.
0: I don't think it's dissimilar to, I've shared with this on the pod too, where um, I'm a huge true crime fan and there's only so much dismemberment and psychopathy that you can consume. It's the same sort of thing. Like if it's, I, I go, oh shit, it's time for a personal development book because I've gone down this dark rabbit hole a little too long.
1: Dark rabbit hole. And there's other shows I just finished binging the morning show on Apple mm-hmm. TV, and that left me feeling like just like in a dark place. So yeah. I was aware of it the whole time I went through it. And that I, when I was finished, it was like, oh, I came up from the basement and there was light. <laughs> it felt right, it felt really like a heavy message, heavy show. So it was. So many shows about what's going on in the world right now right. can't really be dark. And we have to be aware of how that's affecting
0: our moods. A hundred percent. So it can be news. It can be other things that you can consume. It can be other people in your life who are naysayers. I wanted to take a quick moment to thank Let's Get Checked for sponsoring this podcast. Let's Get Checked makes professional health testing super easy by letting you get tested without having to visit a healthcare provider. Well, testing for what, you might ask? Well, they have a huge array of at-home testing kits, including women's health, men's health, sexual health, and wellness kits. In fact, I did two of the women's hormone testing kits. And it could not have been easier. And then when I received the results, I was able to simply forward them onto my naturopath to get her thoughts. All you do is you simply choose your test online. It will be delivered to you in discreet packaging with next day delivery. And then once your sample arrives in the lab, confidential results will be available from your secure online account within two to five days. Once your results are available, they'll be reviewed by a physician and then a nurse will contact you for a consultation over the phone. And in some cases, A physician will be able to provide prescriptions to the pharmacy of your choosing. Let's get checked. Laboratories are CLIA approved and CAP accredited, which are the highest ranking levels of accreditation. Let's get checked lets you avoid uncomfortable office visits by providing you with access to home testing and professional medical consultations without ever leaving your home. It has never been this simple to get tested. So get this. If you want to try a test from Let's Get Checked, all you got to do is go to trylgc.com slash truth to save a whopping 30% on your first test kit. 30%. Just use the code boldtruth, all one word, at checkout. That's boldtruth to save 30% on your first test kit. All right, let's get back to the show. I want to pivot here a little bit and talk about imposter complex. Mm. This is something that I see pretty much with all of my clients, uh, all of my students. It's, And I think it's really rooted in a not enoughness, sort of a, a deep intrinsic worthiness um, or lack of worthiness. How do you see imposter complex show up in your work? Well,
1: I think that people who take to the stage to offer up advice or their own stories can often ask themselves, who am I to, you know, get paid money to share this or who, who am I to be out in front of everyone? And for me, the journey was I was always as an, I started out as an agent for speakers. I managed them and, and kind of got them bookings. And so it was always me pushing my speaker out into the spotlight. And so then there was a period where I had to claim my place in the spotlight and just kind of stand there and say, yeah. And, I cannot tell you how many times I've had to kind of mentally go through my own biography of what I've done in my life to just say, hey, wait a second. Why are you feeling somehow less than? Right. I, I bet you people who are best-selling authors have imposter syndrome. Mm-hmm. People who are earning at the highest fee levels in the speaking industry have, they struggle with this. And so we just put little structures in place to try to help us get through. We take a look at, well, what have we done? Mm -hmm. Why, Why should I? be able to, whatever it might be. Maybe you're going for a job, and so you're gonna have to figure out, well, what are gonna be my six talking points when I go and sit down and talk to the boss about, well, I've done this, and this, and this, and this, and I show up as a person who's got integrity, and this, and this, and this. And so be aware of what you're bringing to the table and make sure that you have your list of, things that make you feel good about yourself kind of in your pocket for all, for all times, because you never know when you're going to need to dip into that.
0: And you can do that really simply. Somebody had told me about this in the beginning of my career. And so I have amassed quite a file folder in my email that I've just called kindnesses. And it's all all these different uh, folks who have sent me messages about the impact of my work. And so when I'm threatening to quit, which happens every so often, <laughs> I dip into the kindnesses and I go, oh, okay, no, I, I am making an impact because I think we get too caught up in that micro view and we don't look at the vast meta view of all of the things that we've really mm-hmm. put into the world. And so yeah. if that even if if acknowledging that stuff is really difficult for you, I would also say turn to somebody who you do highly regard, who yeah. is very close to you, a best friend, a confidant, ears that can hear you and ask them to describe your best features or what they love the most about you. And yeah. if you're uncomfortable, if you're wildly uncomfortable from that, that means you really need to do it. Yeah. You really need to do it.
1: Especially when you've taken a hit and had some sort of setback, like you didn't get the job or whatever it might be. I mean, that can really send you flailing. And so you've got to And I love your um, kindness file. I have an add a girl file in a folder on my email. And there are some really touching. I haven't gone through them in a while. I should really circle back to it. There are some really touching notes in there. And uh, really, I should have been kept keeping them all. Mm -hmm. You know, whenever somebody said this podcast really landed for me because, you know, I should have kept that in my folder. So um, that's something that I think I might incorporate
0: after this. Yeah, good, good. Well, something else that I've really learned about kind of imposter complex, I did a series on it a while ago. We'll actually link to it in the show notes. But I was starting to look at some of these really powerful minds of of our time who have very openly said that they struggle with feeling like a fraud or feeling like an imposter. People like Michelle Obama, Steve Carell, Meryl Streep, Maya Angelou—you know, some really incredible folks. And so I started thinking, like, what is this delineating factor between if we're all feeling like that? But then they are ending up successful. And what I distilled that down to is it's a matter of being afraid, but still behaving from courage. You know, it, courage cannot exist without fear. So it's a it's a little bit of a blessing. And I think it's, it's consistently over and over and over again, being scared, but doing it anyway, feeling like a fraud, but still going for the interview or the audition um, over and yeah. over.
1: I think that there's a lot to be said for uh looking at fear and then stepping over it and what's on the other side is where all the beautiful things are, right? And also looking back into your own history of when was I afraid before and did it anyway? I felt the fear and oh. I did it anyway. When when did that happen? Because when we are um needing to dig into our confidence, in order to move, you know, past a situation, really looking at our history of having done it before. Now that we've been through COVID once, you know, at least not finished, but at least uh, we've had probably the worst of it. um, That gives me confidence that we can do anything. in business, you know, okay, recession, no problem, we've got this because we've, we've been through it before. And then we know as business people, if a rough patch is coming, if a recession is coming, hey, we just need to add more value. That's where our that's where our strength is. And um, we've been through a lot before. And I'm sure your listeners have all been through a lot where they can draw confidence from.
0: Sure. Sure. And I think where it get it can get really tricky. I've had this conversation with my best friend before where I have reminded her like, "Hey, you've gotten through some really really trying times." And she's been like, "I don't want to be reminded of that. I don't want to have to go back through that. I don't I don't want to have to <laughs> be in that place of fear and having to conjure courage all the time." Um So I do think that there's an important aspect to understanding that when you acknowledge or learn about personal growth tools, it doesn't mean that you're magically just going to be shit and glitter all the time. There are still going to be times when you're really down in the dumps and where you don't feel like thinking positive and I don't want to take the high road, (laughs) you know? And sometimes I think we have to wallow in that for a bit before we get sick of our own bullshit and then move beyond it. Do you have any thoughts on that?
1: Well, we've got kind of like a 24-hour wallow rule. Okay. There's a big speaking engagement that you really wanted to book and you just found out that you didn't get it. All right. Give yourself 24 hours to just, oh, you know, ho-hum around that. One of the people that I represented back when I was still an agent, was an Olympic athlete and he, he hit a bump on skis while going 150 miles an hour downhill and went from a gold a gold medal to a 17th place finish because he hit a bump and he wallowed around for months. Oh, I hit a bump, I hit a bump, I hit a bump. You know, 24 hours was probably not enough for that right. situation, but... Then he turned it into an entire speaking career, actually, because, you know, and he did quite well, despite not having won at the Olympics. So I think deciding based on the severity of the the, the event, not getting a speaking <laughs> gig. OK, on to the next thing. Right. Twenty four hours of walling, wallowing and that's probably enough. Uh, but, yeah, we need to feel the feels. Right. Otherwise, yes, yes. they're going to keep coming back. If we don't really truly process what that feeling was and why did I feel it? And I, I think just journaling and getting it all out on paper, all the things that you're feeling is definitely a step in the right direction, too.
0: Well, you're speaking my language because I am I am always talking about that. In fact, I felt like I had a personal win the other day. I was talking to my baby brother on the phone, and he I it, he said something about it having a good cry or something like that. And I was like, you did, like all proud. He was like, Yeah, you you gotta feel your feels, right? And I was like, yeah, yeah. he's laughing. Listening. He's laughing. Listening the evolution is happening. I've I've created a bit of impact. So uh-huh. this is actually an interesting segue to talk about reckoning with failure. Um because i think it, i just got done not too long ago doing a series where i was talking about goal setting and where sometimes the best thing for you to do is to actually quit which we can sometimes equate with failure so i'm curious for you and not just with clients but also in your own life and as you've you know built such a successful career have there been certain things that have maybe failed wildly or have been so much less than what you anticipated? And what was the mindset process to get you to a place where you were able to kind of pick yourself back up or acknowledge that we need to throw that in the trash and be done?
1: My road to success has been paved in failure. So uh, I think probably the one that stung the, the hardest was we had been working... My team and I for months to get our Wealthy Speaker School ready. Mm-hmm. So, we're putting together an online course and a community and so on, and putting it all together. I had been recording lessons and we had it all built, and there was a lot of technology and a lot of back end. And I did a webinar that was meant to launch the school. And I don't know if you've ever done a launch before where you're <laughs> like, oh, I cannot wait. You know, I'm going to just see email after email come in with cha-ching. People are going to sign up. And, you know, and it was crickets. Mm-hmm. After, I remember we had, we had people over. We used to have hair night here every six weeks where the hairdresser would come in and cut everybody's hair. Oh, fine. So all my neighbors are over for hair night. And I was just like, What? No, there's nothing happening. You know, like we flipped this big on switch and it was just supposed to be a flood of people. I'm sure anybody who's ever developed an online course has suffered from this exact failure before themselves. Well, um, (laughs) when I look back at that and I look now, we've probably launched it, you know, in 10 different iterations since Mm -hmm. then. This was years ago. I just look back that, okay, that was the big lesson, but like, don't expect. Now my expectation is if we get one or two, we're like, okay, we're starting, here we go. But we we learned from that particular one is like, you know what, we're gonna have to sell every person into this damn school Uh uh-huh that's kind of how we began and so we started with five people and then 15 and now we're sitting maybe 50 or 60 people and we want to go to 160 and it's it's just a part of the journey and I look back on I can remember that day very vividly that failure stung but I learned so much from it so for me every failure is just a big lesson
0: And that really points to simply perspective. You know, I oftentimes will say that whether the glass is half full or it's half empty, it's the same fucking glass. So it all comes down to perspective. If you decide, okay, I failed at this particular launch, that must mean my conclusion is Mm. I suck. I'm not cut out for this. Shut it all down. That's one perspective. Or you can have one of, Okay, maybe this is a lesson. Maybe I'm one step closer to what does work because I just figured out what does not. Yeah. But that, yeah. 10
1: years later, still learning, still refining, still tweaking. We're not there yet. We're going to do a webinar in a couple of weeks, I'm sure. It will not, you know, be this big hoopla thing, but my expectations are balanced. And I know now that a lot of times we just really need to talk to somebody before they want to spend some money with us. Okay.
0: That's yeah, it. sure. Yeah. Well, and I also think this, the, the concept around confidence too, and how it relates to failure, it, it, I think there's, again, this misunderstanding that before we go and create all of this awesome success we're just going to automatically, we have to have confidence first. And I really feel like it confidence is built through these little bits of failure. And then like that little situation that I need, I need to pick myself back up Um,
1: Clarity and commitment. And we do have a a saying over here in the school, which is confidence or sorry, clarity equals confidence. mm. So there was a lack of clarity. Um, at some point in, in terms of you know what we were offering and how we were offering it and it's just gotten more and more and more and more and more clear and we show up on that webinar and we know exactly what we're selling and we're like this is the one that is going to be the big one then it gets so much easier it gets
0: so It really much- does. Yeah, and I I don't I don't know one Online business owner who has not had that crickets the, the launch
1: cricket the cricket flop.
0: <laughs> yeah, you know wow. i I remember in my in my early years. Like I, I'm really not being hyperbolic. A, a colleague in my, of mine, we would always joke like, I, "I'm going to quit. I'm quitting. I'm quitting." You know, and there was this uh, contending with those letdowns and just a lot of learning curve. I remember even when when I was learning makeup artistry and I had first started at this company and I remember thinking, I cannot wait until I know all the answers until I'm not stumped anymore, or I always have a resource. And I, and I got to that point, but it wasn't right away. It wasn't because I was magically confident to begin with. It was because of action and it was because of studying and accumulating knowledge and data points. So I think there's a piece of like, yes, you absolutely do have to be passionate about it, whatever you're going for, whether it's a promotion or you're going to go back to school or whatnot. But I do think there has to be some really solid strategy in there as well. So
1: your capability was continuing to grow. That's the third C I was trying to think of with Dan Sullivan's thing. You know, it takes confidence, but then as you go, you're going to learn capabilities Mm -hmm. uh, that are going to give you more confidence.
0: That's right. That's right. I think about even how I showed up to coaching calls when i was very first learning how to coach you know like again mid 2000s and how terrified i was and now i have so much confidence that i will always know the direction to go or i've i have a resource i have a tool i have a homework assignment there's and but in other realms like when i first started learning hypnosis i had to accumulate that clarity and that knowledge and that capability before I got comfortable with hypnosis, right? And so I think we have to give ourselves a little bit of that time.
1: Yeah. And if you're the person who's going in to sit around the boardroom table to maybe pitch everybody there, do the preparation. That's what's going to give you the confidence to walk into that room. You know, you're going to be so crystal clear on what it is that you want to present. And, uh, and and you'll nail it. You'll show up confident because of that preparation.
0: Right, right. One of the things that I always do, and this will actually be a nice nice dovetail into some thought work uh, conversation. One of the things that I tell myself before I go into anything like that, whether it's meeting, you know, online friends who I've never met in person before, or going into a speaking engagement dealing with a class or anything like that that's new, because if something is new, it will automatically register in the brain as a threat. Like, are you sure you need to do this? Are you sure? Are you sure? Maybe we should just quit, run away. Uh, So in those situations, I always tell myself, they can't wait to hear what you have to say because no audience or no group of people is going i hope she's going to fall on her face i hope she's awkward as fuck i hope she doesn't teach us anything nobody's doing that right so it, that's one of the things that i can really bolster myself and encourage myself just going they can't wait to hear what you have to say and then i get excited to tell them i can't wait to i can't wait to share so i would love to get your perspective on the concept of thought work like first off You know, we talk a lot about self-talk and things like that, but how do you describe, how would you define thought work?
1: Well, if you, and so the school that I was trained at uh, is the Life Coach School with Brooke Castillo, as you may know. The big banner is your thoughts equal your results, and your thought and if your thoughts equal your results, then really we're just breaking that down in lots of different ways. And so let's take that thought that you had. The circum we we have this little thought model that do you want me to walk you through it? Sure, that'd be great. Okay, right, so the C is for circumstance. And then let's use your um, analogy of getting ready to go on stage. The circumstance is you have a speaking gig. Okay. And your thought is They can't wait to hear what I have to say. And the feeling that you get from that thought is what?
0: Oh, thrill, excitement, a boost of energy, happiness.
1: Okay, so let's just pick excitement. So you're walking in and you're excited. And then the actions that you take from a place of excitement might be like you're, you're you're kind of walking quickly towards it and you've got your arms out and you're, 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 you know, you're kind of showing up, standing tall and your voice is excited and they can tell you're excited. And all of those things are the actions that you're taking. And the result of that likely is you're going to have a great speech. Mm hmm people are going to love it. They're going to get a lot out of it. Maybe they give you a standing ovation and they come and talk to you at the end and they want to work with you, etc. But let's say, okay? So, let me re- refresh. The C is for circumstance, the T is for thought, the F is for feeling, the A is for action, and the R is from is result. So now, is, is there an your results?
0: Is there an acronym for that, like C-T-F-A-R? CTFAR?
1: yeah. CTFAR is kind of the way that you're, you'd put it going down the page if you were going to maybe t- think through a thought model. Now, let me get. Let's run the scenario. You're going into a speaking engagement, and let's say your thought is, "Ye, uh, they look serious and scary." Mm-hmm oh, I looked out, they look serious and scary. And so that goes into your thought. And then the feeling that you get, what would you think from serious and scary is like nervous. I'm afraid I'm nervous. Okay. And, and when we get down to this action line, sometimes it's what you do. And sometimes it's what you don't do in the action line. And so you might not kind of show up, tall and excited and ready to embrace them. You know, you're kind of walking out there a little bit timidly and, Hey, how's it going? Let me, I'm here to do this for you today and like real difference from the person who is excited. And so this is actually the piece. So the results of that are probably going to be an okay presentation. Sure. And so my, learning from this, all the thought work that I have been doing over the past three years, I've been studying this. My my big uh-huh for me is that you have to take all of your actions from the feeling that's desired,
0: mm-hmm. not
1: the feeling that's undesired. We have an unintentional model, which would be you know, allowing your thought to drive your feeling and and then you're coming out uncertain or unsure. And if you approach anything in your life from a place of uncertain and unsure, you are likely not going to get the results that you want. And that's right. why, because you're not feeling it in the yeah. way that needs to be felt. You have to come at everything from a place of confidence. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. And that's such a, that's kind of comes full circle to some of the stuff we were talking about with manifestation at the very top, which from what I've understood about actually getting into action, it has to be action that, you enjoy doing, that you have inspired action. So for example, something that I've, I've used many times on the show, when I first got involved in coaching and started building my business, it was, okay, we got a network, we got a network. So I would go to these in-person networking groups and I fucking hated it. And I just, (laughs) Oh, I hated doing the elevator speech and just hated it. And then, but my goal was still the same. What I wanted was still a flourishing business, but that method was off that, that type of inspired action that wasn't inspired, that was uninspired. And so yeah. then when I started doing online networking, I was like, Oh, I like this way better.
1: Better, Yeah. So, so what we try to do is look at where your strengths are with our speakers and say, okay, what do you think you're selling superpowers? Is it talking to people on the phone? Is it sending out emails? Is it social media? Is it video? Is it face-to-face networking? And then we go heavy into where their strengths are because we know that they're not going to have a feeling of confidence if they walk into a room and they hate it.
0: Which is also a really good point, too, around such a peanut gallery having an opinion about what you have to do and Mm -hmm. it doesn't doesn't even necessarily have to be in business it could be really archaic patriarchal concepts of like well you're never going to get a man unless you do this you know and it's like well fuck that first of all i'm not interested in only men second of all (laughs) you know but i i think in a lot of situations we get really caught up in like well everyone's saying do it this way But if it's not inspired, you know, my husband and I talk about this all the time. We both enjoy being active and being fit. I hate going to the gym. He loves it. He loves having a trainer. He loves doing like, you know, these races and things. I want to be in my own house, in my own gym. I want to have mismatched outfits on that I don't care because no one's seeing me. I want to have my music as loud as I want and don't have to worry about wiping off somebody else's fucking sweat. Like Mm -hmm. that's, that's what I prefer. So if, if the action is I want to move more, there is a way for me to do that in an inspired way. And there's a way for that to be uninspired. So I think that's really key to think about, is there a peanut gallery telling you, you got to, you got to attain whatever goal in this specific method.
1: Yeah. And we have a lot of that in my industry. Oh, you should be doing this. You should be doing that. People are shooting all over you and I don't like it. It, You know, we really just say, look, what is it that you know you're going to do because you love it? Right. Let's pick pick that. Yes. Yes. I'm with you. I don't want to leave the house. I go to the basement. I go on the treadmill. I put on a nice show. Uh Uh-huh. Change what show it is now because I can't watch my favorite things because they're politically motivated.
0: <laughs> right, so I
1: have to binge something else now, but I'll figure that part out. And I'm I, I I think it's really important that we do the things we love. You know, yeah. sometimes it is work. We have to work, right? This called work, right? And sometimes there's there's work to be involved. But when it comes to putting yourself out there, I think you want to do it in ways that you can sustain it.
0: Right, right. And looking looking for multiple methods, right? So um, I oftentimes will say, I'm not talking about the shit you don't want to do, like picking up dog poop or paying your taxes, like we're never going to want to do that. Like that's never yeah. going to be like, I can't wait. I'm so inspired. But I mean yeah. about where you do have choice, where you can make things a game, where you can switch up the method. Uh, then I think it's really key. Well, Jane, this, so
1: on this Sorry. video, Go you look right behind me. You can see my dog lounging on the sofa. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, okay, mom, your work is done. Now I'm just gonna relax. So that's right. <laughs> How unusual, right?
0: Your dog's like, go pick up my poop, you peasant.
1: Yes, exactly.
0: <laughs> go get it. Come on. Oh my gosh. <laughs> well, it's been so great to connect with you. Thank you for sharing uh your bits of wisdom around confidence and imposter complex and personal failure stories i think that's so incredibly helpful to hear especially when we we get an image of what somebody's somebody looks like online and we assume that failure isn't a thing or that you don't have you know moments when you're down so i appreciate the authenticity with that um
1: well, you know i've had the thought on many occasions i should be doing better and when a, a part of my shedding season a part of my quitting <laughs> I'm quitting that. I'm quitting that thought because I look back at what I've done in the last thirty years, and I and I can be proud of it.
0: Hundred percent.
1: I don't have to have my my pedal to the metal for the next twenty years. I am I'm going to do it on my own terms.
0: I love it. So for people who might be listening and going, oh, I could use a little help in the. In the public speaking arena, or maybe they work in like a training capacity in their in their career. Where can they find out more about you? I know if you've written tons of books. Send them, send them where they need to go.
1: They can go over to speakerlauncher.com and there is a podcast there, there's a bookstore there, there's a blog there. They can get lots of stuff for free, or they can purchase a book. I have a book on presentation skills called The Epic Keynote that um, could be helpful. Cool.
0: Awesome. And do you have a preferred social platform that you hang out on the most?
1: Uh, Probably Facebook is my primary. I, I, I do spend a lot of time on Instagram as well. Jane Atkinson1 on Instagram, and you can search me on Facebook, Jane Atkinson Speaker Launcher.
0: Perfect. We'll throw those uh, into the show notes. And I'm so glad I was able to catch you and you had some some time to chat. (laughs) Great to catch up with you. And I will talk to you later, my friend.
1: Thank you, Amy.
0: I'm hoping that that was super helpful for you all. I always love to connect with Jane and think about how you can use that five-step thought process to work through anything that's coming up for, for you lately that's been really infringing on your confidence. Next week, we are going to be jumping into some holiday prep. So if you've hung around these parts for any number of years, you'll know that I revisit certain things every holiday season, one of them being how to not lose your shit with your... Family during the holidays, <laughs> so that will be coming up. We're going to be digging into a handful of things in the next series. You won't want to miss it, especially if your family drives you fucking batshit during the holidays. Uh, in particular, right? It gets amplified during during that time. So stay tuned for that. And again, if you are interested in meeting me in Mexico and learning how to believe that you are enough already go to amygreensmith.com slash enough and you can read all about it. I will see you around these parts next week. And please remember you are enough. Your voice matters. So go out there and speak the bold faced truth. Peace.